Support for Class Dismissed comes from School Status. School Status helps educators at every level take control of student data for increased outcomes and meaningful stakeholder engagement. Find out more at schoolstatus.com. You are listening to Class Dismissed, episode 101, and I'm your host, Nick Ortego. Residency programs for teachers are finding their way to Mississippi, and student geek squads are coming to a school near you. Stay with us. Class Dismissed is the podcast that inspires educators through story. Each week, we cover some of the hottest topics and news in the world of education. Plus, we hear from a guest with a bright idea for education that you can apply in your community. This week, how to convince high schoolers that math has meaning in their adult life. Hello, everybody. Nick Ortigo here, and I'm joined by teacher extraordinaire, Lissa Pruitt. Lisa, how are you doing? I'm great. You feeling good about the school year? Has it been a good year? Because for those that don't like listen to us every episode, this was your first year back in public school. Yes. And like, how has it been? How's that first year been? You're almost done. Oh, it's been wonderful. It really, it was a wonderful experience. It's been a great transition. I was in the private schools for seven years, but I was in public school before that. And so now I'm back. In public. Yep. Yeah. And I love it. Well, yeah. I mean, can I ask you like an honest question for like the teacher that might be thinking about leaving public school for private school? Like, is I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, do you want to go there? Can you say like thumbs up, thumbs down? Like, what okay, do you do? So since I'm an old you're, lady, you're here's just one what person's I'll say. Opinion, this you know? is one person's opinion. Yeah. Sure. So um, it was a new school that started in our town and I was, you know, really helping shake the art part of that school and the gifted studies part of that school. So that is why I um, transferred to the small private school. But I will say, if you're a young teacher, you should wait. You know, a lot of people are in public school and then they'll retire and then they roll over to private school. Right. Um, so it is, it is hard. I will say it has crossed my mind many times this year that on paper – with the state as far as retirement and years served, yeah. it is not, um, I look like I'm a five-year teacher. Yeah. You know, when got, really I'm like a 15 yeah, you're better to 17-year teacher. Yeah. So I guess your advice <laughs> to a young teacher would be, and we know it's different everywhere. I mean, it's like different structures. There's charter schools popping up and stuff. Yes, Everything's different. It is. So you got to look at your own local situation. Yeah. But your your general advice is like, don't give up on the retirement, like keep, keep in the system. Right. Even yeah. if you, right. Uh, and I left mine in, but even if you do transfer to a private setting, you need to make sure that you're contributing into your retirement as if you were in the public school setting. You need to make sure just because it does, you know, that that's a wonderful benefit right. in education. It is. Um, but as far as the difference between public school setting and private school setting, that can vary from any school. And I have had a wonderful transition back into the public school setting. Right. I teach a great number of children, almost 700 students a week. Whereas in the private school setting, I taught 140 a week. Um, but I absolutely would take the 700. Really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's, it sounds more challenging, but I guess... Well, it's all about administration and just the people you work with, and that right. has a lot to Leadership do with it. Leadership does have a lot to it do does. with it. It does. It really does. Well, let's go ahead and uh, find out what's going on in the teacher's lounge. What are you hearing? 
Well, this is really cool. You know, we're from Mississippi. So Mississippi is the very first in the nation to offer a teacher residency program. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, I know I sent you this article, but I didn't know that they were the first in the nation. <laughs> they are. I, I the thought first. we've talked about this elsewhere. Is that Was that different maybe? No, don't confuse this with housing for okay. teachers. This is not housing. This is a residency program like... Um, you know, let's go ahead and compare us to doctors, okay? Like doctors. Right. Yeah, that's it. So there's four school districts that are involved. Right, and let's give a quick geographic breakdown for like people who don't know the state. One's kind of like up north. In Sunflower County. And that's kind of a rural area. Yes, One's in like Jackson, Mississippi, which is about as city as you get for the state of Mississippi. Yep. One's in Ocean Springs, which is kind of what I call upper middle class. Uh-huh, and, and other Biloxi. Ones Biloxi as well, which mm-hmm. is like middle class, I would yeah, say. Yeah, and that's down at That's very general. Gulf. I'm generalizing, but. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, they really did hit the upper portion of the state, the middle of the state, and the yeah. southern portion of they the state. They kind of mixed it up. So, um, yeah, there's four districts that are participating. Um, they had like over 400 people apply, but they only accepted 35. It's being um, funded by Kellogg, and it's a two-year commitment. They, they're they trying to recruit, Biloxi says, they're trying to recruit um, retired veterans, um, people outside of the normal teaching realm, you know, oh, that's cool. Um, they want, um, more diversity, you know, more African American males to be exact. Um, they want to see more of that, more males. I mm-hmm. mean, that, that's definitely yeah. <laughs> so but like veterans. That's smart. Cause you do have even a military population down on the Gulf coast absolutely. of Mississippi. So that would make sense. You retired air force and you're down there Yeah, and it's like, so join our ranks. They basically enter into this this program and they are assigned to a mentor teacher um, for two years. That teacher gets $5,000 for being a part of the program also. Wow. Um, And they're basically trained very thoroughly. And the whole point is for retention because we lose teachers after their first year in the classroom. They may have this, you know, moment of insanity where they're like, I would like to be a teacher. I would like to give back. And then they, they have all the best intentions, but they have none of the preparation. You know, any teacher will tell you one semester of student teaching, which isn't even really a true full semester, is not enough of a crash course um, to help you in your first few years of teaching. So we're losing teachers in Mississippi after three years, just like everybody else in the nation. In the last decade, we're down like 2,000 applicants right. um, that are not even applying for a license. So, um, you know, it's as people are retiring, we're just having a bigger and bigger gap. So they're doing this to try to help better prepare um, a bridge for kind of alternate people that you wouldn't really think of that would be great Mm -hmm. and train them correctly. Also provide them housing and also um, it's a, you know, it's a free, you're getting a Free degree too, right? In, and in, and in it's it. fast tracked, a little less expensive. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you already had a degree, you get a master's. Okay. And um, or you get an undergrad degree, um, and so your housing is is I think the part with the housing is you have to agree to work in the district or you know for one of these districts for three for years. three years, yeah, um, to have your housing paid for. But I mean, gosh, if you're getting a stipend, your housing is paid for, and you're getting a degree, and you're getting the best training that you can, you're one of 35 members, yeah, you know, and they're saying they're hoping to do about 40 a year to help close that gap because just, you know, in one large district alone, they might be short 20 teachers, 20 certified teachers. Did you see how many applicants they had? 
400. That, did you say that already? Yes. Okay. That, that's amazing. <laughs> and they, but they took 35. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this is something that you're going to see across the nation. So it's not, um, it's not just a housing program for teachers. That's not what this is. This right. is, this is like a, when we say residency, we're talking like a doctor, like yeah, you said. Like, absolutely. Like, like a fellowship. That's where you're, I, you're figuring out. I think out. it's great. Is it overkill for, like you said, it's two years with a, a mentor teacher? Is that I, what you said? I don't think it's overkill. It's not. Like you feel like if you had that, you wouldn't have been bored by the end of year two and like, you know, I'm ready to do this on my own. Well, and I, I'm sure there's information in the um within the program where you're probably not with the exact same teacher for mm-hmm. the whole time. They probably I mean, even when you student teach, you have mandatory visitations where you have to go to other areas and you know, it would be like any training, even, you know, where you have to know from the right. ground up. Right. That's why, I mean, I, I will say, I mean, as I've taught so many different age ranges, so many different classes. I've done algebra and I've done second grade self-contained. I've done gifted. I've done art. You know, I've done middle school mathematics and um, health, <laughs> Spanish. Health. So, so really... The more you do, the more you step out, the more you observe, the more you're in a different role, the stronger you become because you're just you're just exposed to more and it also kind of settles you a little to see it all come full circle. This makes me think of, um, we talked about it, I guess, five, six weeks ago, your friend who's the attorney mm-hmm. that like, is she still doing this? She's she gonna, is. She, In fact, I saw her um, last week. They were doing state testing. She is. Yeah. And they're doing state testing and she um, came to volunteer to be a proctor. Uh-huh. And she was just all giddy and excited. To Can you seriously in. give me her number? We're we're going to try to get her on the show if she's willing to do it. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm sure she's willing to do it. She was so cute the other day. She posted something on Facebook saying, can we do a new teacher shower instead of like baby showers and wedding showers? Can't yes. you do a new teacher shower where everybody showers right. the new teacher yeah. with things for her classroom? Because she in that way feels very like, oh, gosh. What, you know, you all know what I need. I don't know what I need. You know what I need. That's really funny. Like, maybe that's a tradition that does need to start. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, help with supplies. Especially if you have a student teacher and they are now going to be hired onto your campus, the faculty should absolutely do a shower. I mean, not that you guys, you know, like, it's a shame that it would be other teachers showering her. But still, like, just as a tradition, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I think it's it's kind of neat. I know. I like that. So have you um, heard of the Geek Squad? Uh, Best Buy? Yeah, Best Buy. Yeah, like the I like Geek Squad. Those, yeah. those guys. They're really helpful. Like from a marketing standpoint, like it's pretty clever, right? Well, um, apparently Geek Squads, and I'm putting them in parentheses, are happening at schools, but they are Geek Squads of students. And I think I, I like this idea. Like apparently schools are making it a credit to um, have a, say, like 15 students that seem to show some, I guess what I would call the AV club when I was back in school, except this is like a credit. And there's so much more technology in schools than when I was there. You essentially have like your technology director leading this course or somebody in in a position like that where these students are on standby for teachers to bring hardware that's failed or like I'm having trouble with this computer or can we fix this? Can we fix that? And so forth. And they're teaching the students how to do it. And um, I I really like the idea because one, like, and I know you know um, students who can build computers and, and mm-hmm. do amazing things. And two, it's just like, it's fostering what they'll probably be doing one day in, in a professional environment. Absolutely. And teachers already turn to students for help with this. I can think of two young men 
that used to help me in a jam. One always would help me when there was some kind of crazy firewall issue on my computer. He could help me figure out. And then another, I actually paid him to build a computer for my son. I was his first client. I told him, you've got to, you've got to do this. And now yeah. I think by now he's built like 20 or 30 computers. Is for he like, like buying his own car now and stuff? You <laughs> think? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he is. Yeah. He is so smart. But I mean, he, he sat and met with me several times after school and we worked out what I wanted my son to have. It was a gaming computer. Right. Um, and he knew exactly we bought, I bought the parts he told me to buy and he built it and it was so fun. His parents, you know, I remember giving him the the cash for it and his yeah. parents saying, like, he'll always remember this. That yeah. you, you know, you were his first little client. So, yeah, I think teachers already know who can help with things like that in their classrooms, mostly because the students are like, oh, I can help you with that. I know what that means. And you're like, what does it mean? Right. So I think it's great for them to get credit for it. Why not? There's well, kids that get that tutor in math that excel in that and they they're doing peer tutoring and and such so i think it's great for do, them to shine do they still have when i was in high school i somehow got the credit for being an office assistant like is that still a thing like oh, yeah. where like there's the student that like he's yeah. up there and he like, he just helps out around the office that's right yes i felt it like I, I felt maybe other schools do it better than, than my school but i felt like it was just you know it was it was a joke like, well, maybe you were a joke. Maybe, maybe you maybe, didn't contribute, Nick. <laughs> maybe. It's what you put into it. But I feel like this uh, would be so much more meaningful. And you were like, I could see you like waiting to call me a joke. Oh, uh, like whatever. <laughs> but, um, it, you know, this, I think, just makes more sense. Like, they're they're not just sitting around, like, Absolutely. you know, looking yeah. for someone walking through the hall or, like, you know, going to hand someone a paper so it can be signed and bringing it back. Like, they're doing something that's real-world experience. Now, let me just say this. I'm so glad my friend Russ is not here today. Yeah. I think he was the, this guy. Um, uh, he, was, he yeah. was. But sometimes these techie people from central office, there's people laughing in their cars right now that are listening to this, but sometimes those people, they're just not, they don't make you feel, oh, fuzzy like they don't make you feel no. smart there's the old they, snl skit where the guys the like the whole condescending yeah. way they go move yes and move. they're just like oh you yeah. know yeah i'm trying to do this quarterly and i just i can't get the stupid email attachment to open at all mm. it's the email that's stupid not you right <laughs> <laughs> what does it say when you try to open it well it says it it just, you know, it can't find the appropriate program to open the file. This is a 6.0 version. You didn't upgrade yet, did you, genius? Just use your translation software. Where is that? Move. And they don't ever show you. They just, and it's fine. Sometimes I don't want to learn anyway. I want you to just to do it. But I don't want you to do it to where you make me feel like I'm bothering you or I'm less of a person. So I would think these students would be so much kinder. I bet all the teachers are like, let me have yeah. the students help me instead of this this person. No, it's, no offense, Russ. No, no, it's true. I mean, there's, it's what um, in the TV world we would call engineer speak. Like in every now and then, the chief engineer, the best engineers were the ones that could communicate with the rest of the building. Mm -hmm. The other guys, like, you know, they knew how to do everything, but they couldn't communicate with anybody. So the ones that would really excel were the ones that were diplomatic yeah. while they were fixing something. Done. Was that so hard? Boy, I'm so glad I came down here. It's totally worth my trip. <laughs> Who's next? Right. Um, and, and I think that goes a long way. Everybody in, needs in, help in the school building. Like sometimes you'll have a teacher ask another teacher, how do you look this up on this student? And they're just like, oh, yeah, I'll show you. Mm -hmm. But if you ask somebody from the tech world, they're yeah. like, oh, <laughs> it's yeah. like, okay, yep. sorry. Yep. They're doing. They're like favorite. calling out words that you don't know what they mean. They're like, 
and it's a cord. Like I had someone send me a photo of a cord. They're like, it looks like this. I'm like, oh yeah, I have that. Yeah. Like, why didn't you just call it? Like, why don't you just describe the cord? Like, how is it supposed to wait, be? Wait, that wait, name? I'm totally lost. So, so wait, you, you say this one more time. Like, there's like a name for certain cords. Like, okay, and you're they're like use a lightning. They're cable. like, do you have a blah, 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 an XLR and, cable? Which, by the way, Nick, you're one of these people too. Just so you I know. don't do that though. <laughs> but you do like use all these words that yeah. with tech stuff. Yeah, there, I'm like, what? Yeah. Um, but anyway. Like a dongle, for example. Well, I mean, when I hear the word dongle, I'm not thinking of a cord. I'm yeah. thinking of something probably inappropriate, like oh, dingleberry wow. yeah. or something. Yeah, that's but, even worse. But then, but then they're like, finally sending me a picture. I'm like, oh, yeah, I have that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Don't, if you're listening, do not Google dingleberry. <laughs> Are you ready for the uh, bright idea? Yes. Our guest in today's Brad Idea segment is a project director at the College of Education at the University of Arizona. Dr. Jennifer Kinzer Trout's writings were recently featured in Mathematics Teacher. In her article titled Why Math, she offers up her strategy for helping high school students see the relevance of mathematics. Jennifer, welcome to Class Dismissed. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, you are at the University of Arizona now as a project director, but, but you, at least in one point in your life, you taught high school mathematics, correct? Correct. I taught math and science for 10 years and mostly geometry and algebra at ninth and 10th grade. I'm thrilled to have you on the show because a, a true story, two weeks ago, <laughs> maybe two or three weeks ago, I'm riding in the car with my um, middle child. He's an eighth grader and he's a good student. He's in uh, AP mathematics and uh, he also takes some other accelerated classes. And he like really punched me in the gut because he was like, I don't know why I'm doing math. This is stupid. They shouldn't make math uh, a core subject. And <laughs> me not being a, a math person myself, um, I didn't know how to respond. I wanted to defend it, but I, I didn't even know how to approach it. And then I saw that you wrote this article and I thought, okay, we got to get her on the show. We, we need to arm people like myself and, and other teachers out there. Like, how do we tell the story of math? Great. Yeah, it's so important. And it relates kind of to my own learning. When I was a junior in high school, I asked my Algebra 2 teacher why we were learning this. And uh, he turned it back on the class and said, thank you to Jen for a class project. So you all need to figure out why we're learning conic sections. And so it just is kind of coming full circle and supporting math teachers and being prepared and kind of knowing how to answer the question why. And so you decided, I guess you were, you were teaching in a high school and you must have had students like my son who were like, why are we doing this, right? Like that was a, a big problem, I guess. It was. Well, and even not asking why. Like it, I could tell by the time they were in ninth or 10th grade math, they were just done. They didn't care. And that was what was so concerning to me. They were no longer even asking. Um, and so I really wanted to flip it on them and get their point of view and help them see why they should care about math. And so you started, I guess, it's it's a two-day research project kind of at the beginning of the school year. Is that is that how you plan this? Yeah. And so I had my first introductory day just to kind of share about the classroom. And then we met in the library. Um, I taught before carts were popular. And so we would go to the library and teach, um, be in the computer lab. And the students would start on three specific websites. I'd give them a place to start. And they would dig into that. And they would have to find one reason, um, one or three, one to three reasons why they should care about math that year. 
And I just kind of let them loose in the computer lab and had them research and figure out why. And the websites I gave them, um, some were open-ended, some looked at cell phones and fashion and roller coaster design to kind of help them see where math comes into those things. Um, and then I also shared something, a website or two that was more in-depth um, about space exploration, just kind of a wide variety of websites to get them started. And so just so I understand this right and our listeners are following like before you even taught a lick of math you you had them basically in the computer lab learning why they they need to learn math exactly yeah okay. yeah um because prior to this project I would spend time trying to sell my students on the importance of math and I realized I was terribly unsuccessful despite really caring about math and con- you know telling them all the reasons they should care, it didn't really translate very well to a ninth grader. Um, And so I just turned it on them right away at the beginning of the year and asked them to tell me why they should care. And so as they're kind of digging into these these websites, I mean, are they like almost picking what they want to be when they grow up and they're researching how math applies? Is is that what's taking place there? Sometimes it was that. And so um, sometimes they knew what they wanted to do. And so um, one student in particular wanted to be a nurse, but she saw no connection to math. And so I really pushed her to keep looking for those connections. And she found that when nurses um, put together the IVs, they really need to work on ratios and percentages to make sure they have the IV solution correct. Um, and so she was able to dig in that way to the math project, whereas other students would, you know, really dig into their current hobbies, such as skateboarding or riding bikes or fashion. Um, and they would connect to math concepts with those hobbies or interests. So I guess like with fashion, it's it's measurements, I imagine, and proportions, right? Of some type. As yeah, as well as patterns um, and really connecting to geometry. Um, but yep, all of those pieces. And I really learned so much from the projects because, you know, when I started this project, I was a new teacher. And so I didn't have all of these connections immediately available to myself. And so, you know, turning it on to the 150 students I had each year really opened my eyes to all of the connections of math. So And so, okay, so you're learning along the way. Did you see this, like, Clicking with your students as they're like kind of digging through this? I mean, do they start to appreciate the subject? Was it working? So, you know, yes, but I also think it was the way I turned the math class around on them. So, yes, they were making connections. Yes, they were clicking. But it was also that I cared about what they thought and what they wanted to learn. And so they knew immediately that math was going to be slightly different this year, that I was going to really turn to them and what they were thinking about, as opposed to just telling them what they should care about. And so the combination of the project and implementing the project really changed things. Yeah. So if I'm hearing you right, it almost sounds like the project kind of became um, a way to build a relationship with your students. And and that was a, a healthy side effect. Yes. Yeah. And it allowed me two days of really learning their interests and their passions and learning who they were as individuals. And that allowed me to connect much deeper throughout the year to their interests and their background um, and connect them in learning math. So if you're an educator and you're listening to this and you're like, all right, I want my students to do this. Is there are there websites that like these students should be going to or are they just hitting Google and, and saying, you know, why is math important in nursing? 
So I started with three specific websites, and they're a little bit long. I can tell them to you, or I can make sure you have them on the website. Yeah, we, we can certainly put them in the show notes, no problem. But if you want to kind of even give us the beginning of the website, maybe. Yeah, one sends the students to um, learner.org, and it really looks at exhibits and daily math and resources. And then the other is mathigan.org, and it's applications. And then the other connects with NASA, and it's um, pumas.jpl.nasa.gov. And then I didn't include it in the article, but I also really like AMS, American Mathematical Society. They have a series of posters called Math. Mathematical moments, and it really connects students to um, ideas in the world about math. And so they have like posters about describing the ocean via mathematical modeling. Um, and I would have those posters around my room as well to kind of support math in the world. I know kind of as you went along with this project and you were rolling it out year after year, you came up with some other ideas, I think. And one of those was to include the community somehow and why math is important. Yes. Yeah. And so I was thinking that um, it wasn't something I implemented, but if I were to go back and do this again, I think I would have the students interview their family members or a community member about why they think math is important. Um, And that would allow them to start talking about math and also send the message home that math is, you know, math outside of the classroom is valued as well. What made you want to to write this article? I mean, are you trying to to reach educators who are, are going into the system? I mean, what kind of inspired you to to get out ahead of this? So, a couple things actually. The first is that I want to share this with other teachers, um, but the second is that I also want to support local teachers in realizing that they have projects that they can share. And so it didn't occur to me to share this until actually I was in an interview and somebody was like, wow, this is amazing. You really should write about this. Um, And so I think one of the pieces and one of my current position, pieces of my current position is really to support teachers and sharing their ideas from the classroom. Because I think oftentimes we're too isolated and don't share what's working in our commun- in our own classroom, if that makes sense. No, that makes complete sense because that basically <laughs> is the theme of our show is like, we, and, and there's often, I, I'm always, you know, asking people to come on and do interviews and stuff. And I think sometimes some educators are like, well, I didn't realize that was even that big of a deal. And and I think it is sometimes like people, these teachers have these great ideas and they don't realize that maybe there's a, another teacher in another part of the country or world that that wasn't aware of that idea. Right, right. And or even in our own ur- urban area or city, you know, like this could work really well in another high school. Um, so, yeah, just really supporting the conversation of how to support students. Well, um, we really appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk with us about this. Are you ready for our pop quiz? Sure. First question. If students could only go to school for one subject, which subject should it be? I think math. Um, You can just apply it to so many things. And learning through math is just awesome. What are we not teaching in school that we should be teaching? Wow. Um... I think more emotional skills. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? (laughs) Yes. um, Just supporting students and engaging in the world and monitoring their emotions. Um, I also, I taught math and yoga in high school, actually. And the students were just amazed with the yoga um, class and often just commented how important that piece was and being mindful and learning to breathe. 
What does every child deserve? Gosh. A chance. And with that, love and appreciation. What's the biggest challenge for today's educators? Time. They, they need more time. What's the best gift to give an educator? Wow. These are great questions. Um, appreciation and value, valuing their work. Which teacher changed your life? Wow, so many. Um, but I think that I really went into education um, because of my high school biology teacher. Like I got to co-teach with him once and um, yeah, it just really opened my eyes to the work that goes into teaching and how much fun it can be. Yeah, do you mind sharing his name or, or maybe yeah, like a story yeah. attached to him? Sorry, um, Mr. Rob Meisen. So um, he, and he also got me into camping. He would do a, uh, a trip with, the biology students um, out into the Allegheny Mountains. And so it's just great learning how science can apply to different aspects of life. And last question, pen or pencil? Ooh, um, pencil if I'm doing math, pen otherwise. I hear you. Dr. Jennifer <laughs> Kinzer Trout, we appreciate you taking the time to chat with us and, and coming on Class Dismissed. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. That's going to do it for this episode of Class Dismissed. We want to hear from you, so if you want to send us an idea or a comment, remember you can always email us at info at classdismissedpodcast.com. We're here to support educators, but we need your support as well. So if you like what you heard today, please be sure and hit that subscribe button, and we'd also love it if you'd leave us a five-star review. Don't forget you can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash classdismissedpodcast or on Twitter. Just search for us by typing in Class Dismiss. On behalf of Russ with School Status and Lissa representing all the teachers out there, I'm Nick Ward to go and I'll talk with you next week. Class dismissed.